Amen. How y'all doing this morning? You doing well this morning? Man, God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. That's his nature. Wow. Amen. You guys are getting good at that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is faithful. And just the, just the presence of God is so, so sweet in this place. And, and I just believe as we continue the rest of the service, I believe that you're going to continue to be strengthened. Amen. Strengthened for the week ahead, the days ahead, the years ahead. Amen. You know, the word of God, the Bible says in Proverbs that it's life and health to all our flesh, meaning, meaning that the word of God has the ability to affect our, affect our lives no matter where we're at and what we're going through, what you're facing, whatever you're facing right now, realize that the word of God has the answer. Amen. The word of God has the answer. And I'm excited to, to bring the word, before, word to you this morning. And, and if you have your Bible, turn to Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12. And, you know, last week we went off a, a series because it was Father's Day, but we're going to continue on this morning dealing with we overcome. Say we overcome. We overcome. <clears throat> And in this series, I don't have a whole lot of time to, to, to go back and review and encourage you. You can go to YouTube, you can go to iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever it is. You can just put in Heritage of Faith Christian Center. And you can pull up all our messages, whether it's Wednesday or Sunday. And, and, and go back and listen, listen to these. And, and because it lays a, a, a greater foundation for where we're going today. But I will touch on a few things here. In Revelation chapter 12, and verse, verse 9, it says, And the great dragon was cast out. The old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which is accused, accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him. By the blood of the lamb. They overcame him who? The accuser. Well, who was the accuser? Satan. See, he is the God of this world. And what he does is, is want to deceive you out of who you are in God. When we talk about we overcome and, and by the blood of the lamb, we're not just talking about that we, we just say the blood or we say that. And there, there, there's some reality to that. But we have to get a revelation of what the blood represents for you and I as New Testament believers, right? We overcome him by the blood of the lamb. We overcome the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the lamb. See, the enemy will always come at you what you can't do, what you should do, what, what, what you should have done. He'll come to you with the failure that you, that you are or, or who, who you, who you'll never be or what you'll never accomplish. Then we always want to accuse you of something. Well, you know, you'll never be that because remember what you did so many years ago. The enemy will always want to bring up your past, right? But we have to understand we overcome him by the blood of the lamb. And so what does that mean for us? And we unpacked this quite a bit and the other two times we talked about this is that when it means by the blood of the lamb, it means through the blood of Jesus, we have been made righteous. Look at your neighbor and say, I've been made righteous. See, it's because of, not because of what I've done, but it's because of what Jesus did that I have been made righteous. Meaning, I've been made acceptable. I've been accepted by him. I have been justified. You know, it's almost like this. It's, it's that we, we are just like Adam and Eve in the garden before they ever sinned. You know what? And you are, if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you are as righteous as you'll ever be. 
You'll never be righteous in the works that you do. You know, you don't go to church to become righteous. But going to church is just what righteous people do. I don't give to become righteous. Just giving is just what righteous people do. It's just, it's just part of my nature as being a child of God, being accepted by Him. <clears throat> the last several days, it was a phrase that kept coming up in my heart. And it's this phrase that there's nothing more important than the will of God being fulfilled in the earth. Let me say it again. There's nothing more important than the will of God being fulfilled in the earth. There's nothing more important than the will of God being fulfilled in this service. There's nothing more important than the will of God being fulfilled in our children's and youth ministry. There's nothing more important than the will of God being fulfilled in your family. There's nothing more important than the will of God being fulfilled in your children. You know, and when I started thinking about that, I was just, it just, I, I just want that to kind of go off on, especially all of our leaders here at the church, just all of our department heads, everyone really just that there's nothing more important. We, we don't, we don't have, we don't have church here just because it's the religious thing to do. We're having church here because, because it is, it's fulfilling the will of God in the earth. Church wasn't man's idea. Church was God's idea. And Jesus is the head of it. Right? So we have to get a, a revelation. There's nothing more important than the will of God being fulfilled in our lives. That's why it's so important for you to understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because it's when you understand, when you, when you think, when you don't realize that you're righteous, it will cause you to run from every opportunity to be victorious. When you understand who you are, it, it will cause you to live in a, in a place where you're bound. You're bound by fear. You're bound by past mistakes. You're bound by bad past choices. You're bound by what other people do. You're bound by what's happening in the media, what's happening in society. And you're bound by everything around you. But when you understand who you are in God, it will cause you to stand up and live free. It will cause you to stand up and live and accomplish the will of God in the earth. If you don't know you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you will never fulfill the will of God in your life. Never. Never. Because there's always going to be, always be something to talk you out of doing what you're called to do. Great things happen. Great moments happen when we overcome fear. Go to, go to Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah chapter 54. A couple of weeks ago, there was a scripture we read in, in Proverbs. And it says this, the wicked flee when no one pursues. Now, that word wicked there isn't someone like Hitler. That's not talking about an evil person. But the word wicked here means someone that's guilty or someone that's unrighteous. It says the wicked, the unrighteous flee when no one pursues them. But the righteous are bold as a lion. I love that. The, the person that thinks they're unrighteous. You know, if, you're un, if you feel that you're unrighteous. You know, if you don't feel accepted by your mother and your father then you'll never walk into their house, walk, get into the refrigerator, 
and take out what, what you want. But yet, if you know you're accepted by your mother and your father. You know what? I, I, could, I could today, at, at 40, almost 46 years of age, I can go in, fly to Maryland, go in, not have to knock on the door, just walk right in, open the refrigerator up and get whatever I want out. Why? Because I'm a child of God. I am the son of Virginia and Paul Bridges. And I have right standing with my family. And because of that, I can come boldly into their home. And I can receive whatever they might have that I might need. But yet, if I didn't, the, the wicked, the unrighteous flee when no man pursues him. But the righteous are bold as a lion. The word bold there means to, to be without fear. To be without fear. Can you turn me down some? I just feel like I'm too loud. <clears throat> to be without fear. We, ha- we, have to, we have to understand that who we are in God. We have to understand who we are in Christ. Now, why would the unrighteous flee? Why would the unrighteous run? <laughs> it was a couple weeks ago. If I need the handheld, just let me know. A couple weeks ago, I, w- I was out, r- out running, and I started off walking. Actually, my intent was to walk. My intent wasn't to run that day. And, you know, I, you know, I, I, I love dogs, but, but I'm not a fan of, of dog, big dogs that I don't know. <laughs> Especially when you're, you're out and there's not a whole lot of places you can go. And, and I'm, I'm walking... And all of a sudden, there's two Rottweilers. And, you know, I, I know my authority. I, I know those things. But, but, you know, but I also have wisdom. And, you know, there's this. And, and you know, first, they're just on, they're, they're a little ways away. And they're, and they're just, they're, they're just kind of just eat, eating grass. They're just going around sniffing. And, and, and all of a sudden, one of them sees me and looks up at me. And the other one, it's almost like that other one said, there's one, there's one. <laughs> and, they look, and they start walking across the street. <laughs> and they weren't smiling. And one was like, Rrr. I was like, I'd walk a little bit further. And you know what? And I ran. <laughs> My intent wasn't to run, but I ran. Why? Because, because I, I didn't know whose dogs they were. I didn't know what kind of dogs they were. There was something I was unsure of in the situation. And because of that, it caused me to flee. But yet, if I knew, if I knew whose dogs they were, I would have been a lot bolder. I would, if I knew that, I'd say, hey, sit, stay, stop, whatever. So when you know something and you have a revelation of something, it will cause you to operate in a greater level of boldness. And what is boldness? Operating and living without fear. Now, if we look at this in Isaiah 54, verse 14, it says, In righteousness shall thou be established, and you will be far, you, and you'll be far from oppression. You'll be far from oppression. If you're established in righteousness, you'll be far from oppression. What is oppression? It means heaviness. 
It means to, if you're oppressed, it means something is binding you. It's something that's suppressing you. And it says this, it says, you'll be far from repression for thou shall not fear. You shall not fear. See, fear is the gateway to oppression. Fear is the gateway to depression. You shall not fear. I shall not fear. And because I shall not fear, I'll never be oppressed. I'll be far from oppression. If you can conquer this aspect of fear, you can overcome. You can overcome any sort of oppression. But see, it's in righteousness you'll be established. You'll be set. You'll be stable. You'll be fixed. So when I know who I am, I'll be far from oppression. Why? Because I shall not fear. See, when you know who you are in God and you know who you are in Christ, fear will not dominate your life. Fear is, fear makes you bindable. Let me go having a handheld. Fear, fear makes you bindable. What do I mean by that? We, we see this in the very beginning with Adam and Eve in the garden. And, and they were, they, they had this whole aspect and they, they were created and made in the image of God. They were clothed with glory and honor. They were filled with everything that God is. If you want to see what God looked like, just look at Adam and Eve. Just look at them. They say they, we were made in his likeness, meaning exact duplication in kind. Psalms tells us they were clothed with glory and honor. Amen. They were clothed with the robe of righteousness. They were, they were, the foundation of God's throne is, is, it says the foundation is made up of righteousness. It's the glory of God and it was surrounding them and they looked just like God, right? They were, in Genesis 2 tells us it says they were naked and unashamed. But yet in Genesis 3, the moment they miss the mark, God shows up and, and, and wants to have a conversation with Adam. And, and, and Adam says, I heard you walking in the garden and I hid myself because I was afraid. And what did God say? Who told you you were naked? Meaning, who took away your identity? Who told you you were naked? See, the accuser of the brethren is always going to point at you and make you feel that you're never enough, that you're not enough. The enemy, all he's the accuser of the brethren. Who told you you were naked? He goes, we hid ourselves because we were afraid. See, when they stepped out of righteousness, they stepped into fear. If you don't know who you are, fear will bind your life. Put up um, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15 in the Amplified. Ron, if you can put that up and well, let's, let's read this. Hebrews chapter 2. Let's read this together. And also that he might deliver and completely set free all those who through the haunting fear of death were held in bondage throughout the whole course of their lives. And then the next verse goes on and says, and he reached down. He said he didn't reach down to grab the angel's hands, the, those that were, were kicked out of heaven. 
He didn't reach down to their hands, but he reached down to the descendants of Abraham and he lifted them up. Meaning, meaning Jesus did something about this, this fear of death. This bondage, this, this fear makes you bindable. Anytime you're experiencing fear, the intent is to keep you idle, to keep you small, and to keep you from going forward. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome. You, as a child of God, you have a right to overcome. You have a right to freedom. You have a right to, you have a right to freedom. You have a right to freedom. This freedom of fear. Fear makes you bindable. Fear makes you bindable. And because fear makes you bindable, fear will always cause you to be limited in life. You know, I think about this one. There's so many different fears we could talk about. Let's go to Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. Thank you, Father. Let me read this scripture and then we'll... Thank you, Father. Proverbs 29, verse 25. It says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever leans on and trusts in the Lord puts his confidence in the Lord is safe and set up on high. The King James says, The fear of the Lord bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. One of the greatest fears that we will deal with that will keep us from fulfilling the will of God. Remember, the most important thing, the most important thing is fulfilling the will of God in the earth. Number one, that is the most important thing. Once you got born again, the most important thing for you and I is to fulfill the will of God in the earth. That's why this church is here. The most important thing for this church to keep its in its forefront th- thinking is to fulfill the will of God in the earth. For you and your ministry, the calling upon your life, the most important thing is to fulfill the will of God in the earth. But the thing we have to deal with is this aspect of fear. And fear makes you bindable. Why? It says here, it says, the fear of man brings a snare. I believe it's the, uh, the New Living Translation. It says, the fear of man is a dangerous trap. The fear of man is a dangerous trap. The word snare in the King James is the actually word for the word snare in the, King, in the, in the Hebrew is bait. Meaning you would, it's to bait that would trap an animal. And just like that bait, whether it's cheese on a trap or whether it's something else in a bigger trap, and it's, it's to lure, lure them in there. And that's what fear is. Fear wants to lure you in. Fear is a snare. That fear of man is a snare. It's a trap 
to hinder you. It's a trap to keep you bound. It's a trap to keep you fulfilling the will of God in your life. It's a trap to keep you from going forward. It's a trap to break out. It's a trap to, to be obedient to God. It's a trap that, that is wants to keep you from, from possessing the land. It's a trap to keep you from loving other people the way you need to love them. It's a trap to step out and start that new business. It's a trap to, it's a trap to step out in, into your place within the church. It's a, it's a trap to even, even giving your heart and totally surrendering to God, the fear of man. You see, God had to even deal with this in Jeremiah's life. In Jeremiah's life, you know, we, we, there's a lot of great things said by Jeremiah. And one of the things that's probably quoted the most, and it's on so many coffee cups and calendars, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans of peace and not evil to give you hope in your final outcome. So God tells Jeremiah, I want you to go and share this with all the leaders and all the people of Israel that are in captivity with Babylon. I, I want you to share it with all of them. But yet at the very beginning in Genesis 1, God said, told him, he goes, I sanctified you. I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. And he says, but Jeremiah says, but I'm young and behold, I can't speak. And he goes, God said, it doesn't matter about that. And what does God tell Jeremiah? Don't be afraid of their faces. See, God had to deal with the thing that would keep Jeremiah doing the will of God in the earth. And what, and, and what, what God wanted Jeremiah to see, he, he says this, don't be afraid of their faces. God had to deal with the fear because if God didn't deal with the fear in Jeremiah, there would have never been a Jeremiah 2911. Or someone else would have declared Jeremiah 2911. Fear makes you bindable. The fear of man. What about Saul? Saul had a great calling upon his life. He was the king of Israel. The king of Israel. And he goes out and God says, I want you to go into this area and I want you to take over and destroy all the Malachites. I want you to destroy everything that they have, everything that they possess. And so all of a sudden, Samuel, the prophet, shows back up and, and tells him, he goes, he goes it, it, Saul goes, we did exactly what God said. And Samuel goes, well, what is that I hear? I hear the bleeding of the sheep. What, what do I hear? And, and he says, well, well, you know, we, we, we saved those things so we could sacrifice to God. And Sam, Samuel goes, he goes, well, it's a better to obey than to sacrifice. And, but then what does God, what, what, what does Saul say? He said, it's because I feared the people. I didn't obey his voice. I feared the, the fear of man is a snare. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you totally surrendering to God really comes down to a fear you don't want to let go. It's a fear of what other people will think about you. I remember that as a, as a 19 year old and, 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 and going to church and those things. I didn't want to serve God. I didn't want to give my life up totally to God because what was I going to miss out on? What would my friends say? Would they still love me? Would they still like me? But this is not a new, that's not a new fear to surrender all to God. You can see it in John chapter 12, 42 and 43. Jesus is preaching and he says, the people believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they didn't say anything because they didn't want to be kicked out of the synagogue. Why? Because they enjoyed the praises of men more than the praises of God. 
They believed in Jesus, but they couldn't surrender. Why? Because of the fear of man. Your greatest hindrance is going to be the is going to be fear and primarily the fear of what other people think about you. I remember, you know, when I when I first um, even got saved and and started going on some short term mission trips and even even came out here, went to Bible school. And, and I remember I remember how much fear would control me. I hated fear. I hated fear because I knew greatness was on the inside of me, Micah. I knew I was called to do something great. But anytime I, I'd want to step out on something, I was like, oh. I, I, I just I just couldn't do it. And I remember, you know what? I, I, I couldn't pray in front of people. I, I remember I would show up. I would show up late to leadership meetings because I didn't want to be called on to pray. I would, I would be invited to these training meetings and, and we'd have them at restaurants. And, and I learned the, I learned the hard way. Don't sit in the middle of the table. Don't sit in the middle of the table because the one in the middle is going to be the one that's going to ask to pray because everyone can hear that person. So now I knew I'm going to show up late and I'm going to sit on the end where no one can hear me. I, I would show up and they, we, we'd be standing there. We said, this is how the service is going to go and this is what's going to happen. And, and I'd make sure I would not make eye contact. No, no eye contact with the leader. No eye contact because they'd always pray and they'd always ask someone to lead them. I'm like a look around. Mm, no, uh-uh. Don't make eye contact because they make eye contact. Then I'm going to have to pray. I was afraid of people. I, I told this story on a Wednesday night. I, I was I was so terrified of of doing things in front of people that in in my 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 semester at college, um, I had a class where I had to stand up. At, that you you were supposed to stand up and speak. Well, I knew that was coming one day, and I didn't know what day it was going to come, and it wasn't going to happen on Justin's watch. I called my instructor, my professor, actually called him up, and I said I was just diagnosed with mono, and I'm going to be missing the rest of the semester. Why? Because I was that terrified to speak in front of people. My, my, my pastor back home was the same way. He was a retired state police officer, and he, he tells this story. So, Pastor Jonathan, you watching this? Uh, throw you under the rug here. Anyway, he was so terrified of doing public speaking that him and his friend Archie, <clears throat> that they would do these book reports, and they asked the teacher, hey, can we do this together? And so Archie stood up and spoke, and my, my pastor, he just acted it out because he didn't want to speak. Why? Fear. And the Lord gave this, this, this statement the other day and says this, great moments happen. Great moments will happen in your life when you overcome the fear of man. Great moments. If you look throughout the scriptures, Great moments happen when people overcame the fear of man. Your greatest moment in your life will come on the back of you overcoming the fear of man. And you know what? I'm not saying could be or would be. I'm saying it will. It will because we'll all be challenged. We'll all be faced. We'll all stand at that edge of the mountain, so to speak, where we have to jump or whether we stay the same. And I'm telling you, great moments will happen on the other side of you overcoming the fear of man. Some of my greatest moments, greatest victories, greatest thing that God has done through my life happened when I pressed through that. <clears throat> Remember when I also first moved here, 
um, we went downtown and Sundance Square was a little bit different. They didn't have all the buildings there. But there was one one weekend, there was a few of us in Bible school, and the Lord told told somebody, one of our group there, said, hey, let's go out, let's go out and preach the gospel downtown. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of preaching where you hold up signs and say you're going to hell, you know, because all you sin. I'm not talking about that kind of preaching. The goodness of God leads men to repentance. Amen. Amen. It's 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 the Holy Spirit working and and moving through the love of God and the gospel being preached, not condemnation being preached. And and I remember it was my turn. I was like, okay, okay. Outside a four day weekend, you know where four day weekend is, Riata, right there on the corner. Well, it's still there today. There's this brick. There's this brick uh, column. It's got trees in it, and it has a brick thing. And we were standing up on that street corner, and we were preaching the gospel. And pretty much, I, I was like, Lord, what do you want me to preach? Just, just share your testimony about how you were healed. You know what? Not one person got saved. But the Lord said, you know what? It wasn't about them. It was, today was about you. Today was about you. He goes, this had nothing to do with whether anyone got saved. This had you overcoming the fear of what a stranger thought about you. And it unlocked something on the inside of me. Yeah, there, I, there's still fears that, that I face. There's still, there's still, I'm not, I'm not exempt or immune to the fear of what other people think. Now, now, don't get me wrong. It's not, you can take another extreme being obnoxious and say, well, I don't care what they think. That, that's, it, 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 there, there has to be, it's not caring what other people think. The Bible said, Timothy, God, Paul told Timothy, hey, be of good reputation inside the church and outside the church. I'm not talking about being obnoxious. But I'm talking about fear of man that immobilizes you from keeping you from being obedient. Obedient. Jesus had to face this. I had this picture in my mind with Jesus. That Jesus was this superhuman being. That could do all, do anything, anytime he wanted. But when the Lord just really, for me, unpacked his humanity to me. The humanity of Jesus. He hungered. He was tired. He thirsted. He wept. He had emotions. He lost loved ones. He lost family members. He was criticized. He was ridiculed. Jesus had to battle this. I'm telling you, when you overcome it, you'll step into your greatest moments. Not only that, but it will also cause other people to step into their greatest moments. Go to Luke chapter uh, 14. I'm sorry, Mark chapter 14. Got time for two more scriptures, maybe three. Thank you, Father, for the word. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. You are the you are the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. And because you are the righteous righteous of God in Christ, you are bold as a lion. Thank you, Father. Now, before I read the scripture, put Proverbs 29 back up. 
verse 25. Thank you, Father. Let's read this together. Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Now remember, the fear of man is a trap. The fear of man will put you in a trap. It will bind you. Fear makes you bindable. Then it says, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Now, I, I got research in this and studying this. It's interesting. Remember the scripture, it says the wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The same Hebrew word for bold is the same Hebrew word for putteth his trust. Look it up. Go to a concordance. You can, you can look it up. But the same word for bold is also the same word for putteth his trust. It's the same Hebrew word. And it means without fear. Without fear. The fear of man is a dangerous trap. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. See, in order for Jesus to overcome, in order for Jesus to, to fulfill the will of God in the earth, he was going to have to overcome this aspect of fear. Let's look at this in, in, uh, in Mark chapter 14, verse 32. It says, and they, and they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And the word Gethsemane means the place of pressing. It's the place where, where they would press olives and make olive oil. It was a press. It was a place where he was being pressed. And he says unto his disciples, sit ye here while I shall, while I shall pray. And he takes with him Peter and James and John and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. What oppression means to be heavy. And he says unto him, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Tear ye here and watch. Now think about Jesus, my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions are sorrowful. Jesus is heavy. Jesus is being tormented. Jesus is being overcome with all sort of thoughts, all sort of oppression, all sort of disappointments, all sort of ideas. What's going to happen? How is it going to happen? I know I have to lay my life down, but what, what does that mean? I, I know they're going to ridicule me. I know they're going to talk about me. I know they're going to slap me in the face. I know they're going to pull out my beard. I know they're going to put a crown of thorns on my head. I know my father is going to forsake me. He was sorrowful. He was sorrowful, sorrowful with just this like a grieving, this this overwhelmed feeling. And I'm telling you, those feelings are the same feelings that accompany fear. What is sorrow? Sorrow is the fear of something negative happening. It's being sorrowful, grieving of the unknown. Sorrowful. Sorrowful because you're not sure how this is going to turn out. But verse 35 says, and he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Verse 36. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto you. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Father. The word Abba is, we can say daddy, but really the word is, 
not just that, but it's one of the most intimate names that they would use in prayer in the Hebrew language. Intimate, an infant name for God, Abba. It was a way they would, they would, in their prayer time, they would use it as just this aspect of intimacy. And when Jesus is saying, Abba, Father, he wasn't just saying Father, but he was Abba, Father. The fear of man is a snare, but those that trust in the Lord shall be safe. See, what was Jesus saying? I'm in fear right now, and I know fear is a snare, but I choose to trust in the Lord. Abba, Father. All things are possible with you. All things are possible you. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, at your will, there's nothing more important than the will of God being accomplished in the earth. Jesus had to come to the realization, I have to overcome this feeling of fear. Because there's nothing more important than the will of God being accomplished in the earth. For Justin... You've got to overcome this fear, Justin, because there's nothing more important than the will of God being fulfilled in the earth. Micah, you've got to overcome that fear. There's nothing more important than the will of God being fulfilled in the earth. I could say that to each one of you. You've got to overcome the fear because there's nothing more important than the will of God being fulfilled in the earth. Let's go to Romans 8, and I'll close with this. Hallelujah. Joseph, you can go to the keyboard. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. There's nothing more important. And it's interesting, we don't know. uh, Cassie doesn't know what I'm necessarily going to preach. You know, she had that song and then already, and, and then I played that, but it so ties in. I am a child of God. It so ties into what the Lord wants to get across to us this morning. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And remember, for a son of God, a child of God, there's nothing more important than the will of God being fulfilled in the earth. Verse 15 says, For you have not received... Because as a child of God, now hear this, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. As a child of God, if you're a child of God, that means you're righteous. And that means we are overcomers. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, I'm the rights of God in Christ Jesus. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. For the son of God has not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry... Abba, Father. Wow. So really, if you're in, if you're in bondage to fear, what is, it, what is Paul telling us? Pray what Jesus prayed. Trust. Fear of man is a snare, but they that trust in the Lord shall be set up on high and safe. That term, Abba, Father, is a declaration of trust. It's a declaration of intimacy. It's a declaration of God. I believe in you and I'm going to press through anyway. I believe in you and it doesn't matter what my emotions are telling me right now. I'm going to press into you. I'm going to press into you because I will not receive this spirit of, uh, the spirit again in the bondage of fear. But I have this spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Father.
I'm not in bondage to fear anymore. But you know what? I received the spirit of adoption. I am a child of God. Abba Father. Spirit of adoption. We cry, Abba Father. Because we've been adopted. We've been adopted. You know, I, I love one of the greatest revelations of adoption is, is if you're adopted, someone made a choice to cut a covenant with you. If you're born into a family, they're stuck with you. But yet when you're adopted, you're chosen by choice. By choice. And we have this spirit of adoption that we cry, Abba, Father. And it says this, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That we're children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which should be revealed in us. Now, now hear this. This suffering here isn't sickness or disease. This word suffering here has to do with obedience. Jesus said he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. He didn't suffer disease. He, what was his suffering? His suffering was obedience to the cross. Go check me out. Hebrews chapter 12. He said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What? Despising the shame. Jesus had to despise the shame. What shame? Shame is a sense of not belonging. It's a sense of fear. That I'm not accepted, that, that I'm not loved, that someone else is looking down on me. That's what shame is. And it said Jesus had to despise it. And it said he took on a many contradiction of sinners. And the word contradiction is gainsaying, meaning it was hostility. Meaning Jesus had to feel the emotions of the hostility of what sinners were telling him, what sinners were speaking to him, what the accuser of the brethren was talking about them, but yet he had to despise it. Why? For the joy that was set before him. You need to see the joy on the other side of your obedience. You need to see the joy of what it's going to be in when you step into your purpose. You need to see the joy on the other side of your victory. You need to see the joy on the other side when you step out and you lay hands on the sick and you see them recover. You need to see the joy of when the, you step out and start that business. It doesn't matter what anyone says about you. But Jesus said, see, he said that the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared. I'm telling you, those temporary moments of fear can't be compared to what the glory, the goodness of God, the presence of God, and the power of God that you'll see that will happen through your life. There's nothing more important than the will of God being fulfilled in the earth. The next verse says this. It says, for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly. Talking about creation. For the creation, everything you see, was made subject to vanity, not willingly. But by reason of him who have subjected the same hope. Why? Because the creature, creation itself, also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption unto the glorious liberty of the children of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Actually, I missed verse 19. That was what I want. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. 
Why, why do we have to overcome the fear? Because of verse 19. The earnest expectation of creation is waiting, is waiting, waiting, waiting. Creation is waiting. People are waiting. The world is waiting. People you work with are waiting. Your children are waiting. Everyone's waiting for what? The manifestation of the sons of God. Thank you, Father. Let me read this in, in the... Thank you, Father. In the passion. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The matured children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you do not receive, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolded you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he ha- all he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. I'm convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. The entire universe, get this, is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Woo! Hallelujah. All of creation is standing on tiptoe waiting for you to show up. <laughs> waiting for you to show up. Waiting for you to show up. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. We are righteous. And because we are righteous, we have a right to be bold. We have a right to be confident. We have a right to trust in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the word today. Oh, we thank you for the word today. We thank you for the word today. Oh, thank you, Father. You are so faithful. You are good and your mercies endure forever. Thank you, Father. If you're here, you say, Pastor Justin, I'm tired of fear controlling my life. I'm tired of fear controlling my life. I'm tired of the fear of man. I'm tired of the feel of fear of failure. I'm tired of the fear of what people think about me. And today, I want to make a declaration, Pastor Justin, that that I want to be I, I want to be the the thing that the world is waiting for. I want to be that one that the world's waiting for. I want to be the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God in the earth. I want to be that man and that woman of God. And I want to make a declaration that there's nothing more important than the will of God being accomplished in the earth. If that's you, stand to your feet with me. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. If that's you this morning. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 
Oh, Father, I prophesy and declare over them today that fear is a thing of the past. I declare, Father, that they are manifesting your will in the earth. I declare that they are not defeated. I declare that they're not losers. They're not failures. But I declare that they're winning in life. I declare they're rising up to another level of boldness. They're rising up to another level of intimacy. They're rising up to another level of victory. I declare hallelujah that their mistakes and failures they're in the past and they stay in the past but I thank you today they step out and as they step out I thank you that their greatest moments are going to happen their greatest moments are coming to pass their greatest victories are coming to pass hallelujah just declare this after me father God fear you leave fear you're a thing of the past I overcome fear because I'm a child of God And I have a right to freedom. I choose to overcome. I choose to be a child of God. I trust in you at all times. And your praise will continually be in my mouth. And Father, cause me to rise and manifest and be the son and daughter of God. Creation is waiting for in Jesus' name. Give him a shout of praise if you believe that today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Woo. God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to be seated in just a moment.